Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome back to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler with another episode that gets under the skin of new and accelerated trends emerging from lockdowns one, two and three. Now, we visited gaming on a previous episode with Luke Aldridge at Dentsu Aegis, who has since gone on to run Dentsu's newly launched specialist gaming division, D-Game. And a lot of that conversation was about the potential of gaming that perhaps was being misunderstood, either through a stereotypical view of the audience or not understanding what exactly it is that gaming can do for an advertiser's brand metrics. Today's episode covers some of that but also gets into the uniqueness of gamer mindsets, why the ad industry has started to take notice of game developers and gamers, and the acceleration of an already rapidly growing behaviour over the last year. I went transatlantic for this one, talking to Activision Blizzard's Jonathan Stringfield and Frameplay's Carrie Tilds, who some of you might know from her epic floor tours at CES back in her Group M days. We talk about how they both gravitated towards gaming, the surprising resilience of gaming ad spend when most marketing budgets were being paused or pulled, and the value being added by media agency specialist divisions. But I started by asking Carrie to explain exactly what Frameplay does. Frameplay is an intrinsic in-game advertising technology company that enables inside the game advertisements or experiences without disrupting the experience or performance of the game itself. And where do you guys fit in in terms of, I guess you've got developers and you've got a bunch of people who want to be inside those games. Where, Where do you guys fit in? In terms of the development community, they are absolutely our strategic partners. Our SDK is enabled with both Unity and Unreal, as well as some other bespoke game engines. And the developers are at the center of that. They leverage those game engines to create the beautiful, creative technology experiences that are you know, engaging for so many consumers. And without them, we don't have these beautiful you know, advertising opportunities or brand experiences inside the game. So it is, it's an incredible partnership mm. and we value them greatly. Uh, Jonathan, many people will know a bunch of the franchises that fall under Activision Blizzard, but tell us a bit about them and, and, and your role there. Yeah, for sure. So I oversee global business marketing, measurement research and insights for Activision Blizzard across our media and esports practices. So unpacking that a little bit, Activision Blizzard, as noted, one of the biggest publishers of games out there. So Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, (laughs) Overwatch, many, many multi-billion dollar franchises under the umbrella. And then the media and esports businesses are two primary touch points for integrating marketing experiences within the game. So the media side, that's where we do in-game sponsorship and advertising opportunities, Mm -hmm. esports for in-stream sponsorships and and what have you aligned with our esports leagues and broadcasts. We're going to get into it on, you know, particularly the last year for gaming. But but to sort of set the scene, the, the numbers are are mouthwatering. US gaming revenues up twelve percent this year to four billion. I mean, that was a prediction before COVID. So that could be even more. Uh, Fortnite, Animal Crossing's had its moment. Platforms like Twitch, not people aren't just playing games. There's gigs, there's uh, festivals, um, and then of course maybe the bit that. Uh, 
perhaps doesn't get enough focus is the sort of the hyper casual gaming as well. You talked about Candy Crush there, but um, maybe that's not a bad place to start because when you start to think about gaming in that way, Carrie, you kind of get away from this um, slightly stereotypical and we come back to it again and again and again, you know, sweaty pre-pubescent boys locked in bedrooms with consoles just with big headsets on playing with friends. It's not that, is it? Oh, it's not that, certainly. And I think there's there's absolutely nothing wrong. And that's a great audience in itself. <laughs> yes. So we don't want to dismiss those people yes. because they are current and future consumers mm. for brands. So they themselves are quite valuable. And if you look at the data, they have a large spending uh, behavior as well. But no, it is not the same. If you look at the audience, whether you look at the ESA numbers or you look at YouGov or Newzoo or any of those, you mm. know, outlets out there the numbers are absolutely different average age i think it's 34 uh 54 46 split yeah. male female depending on the source plus or minus one or two and um i believe it was allison Schiff of ad exchanger who said you know the the diversity of the audience for gaming is as diverse as the human race so i think I think the uh, ship has sailed in terms of mm. the the stereotype equaling reality, yeah. and um, that actually was shifted well before COVID, by the way. So we can talk about that at some point. Mm. COVID just woke everybody up, uh, but this was a huge audience before COVID yeah. um, by far. And um, there's some things that we'd probably want to talk about related to, you know, why that is, yeah. why, why the great awakening. <laughs> well, what, what, why do you think it, it, it is, Carrie? I mean, lots of what we hear particularly in the last year is you know with with things like e-com you know these were things that were on five-year roadmaps that businesses in the end had to do in three months because you kind of do or, or you're not going to be in business was it just that that the roadmap for gaming was always such that it was it was fast and it was going to be uh it was going to be exciting things just happened quicker because more people were doing it there's a lot of articles about everything innovating quicker in the digital space during this last year. Um, but what was going on with gaming was a little bit different. If you look at what was happening in the other channels, there was a lot of complexity, whether that be in the growth and development of the programmatic platforms, the convergence of CTV, um, OTT, analog TV, how do you buy all that? How do you measure all that? And why does that matter to gaming? Because all of those topics are very large, scalable topics that were a, a distraction and took resources away from the idea that you could build upon this amazing, global, valuable audience. Mm. Um, and rightly so. It's, it's not a wrong way to think. It's just resources weren't allocated in the ad tech ecosystem to this sector, one. Two is uh, the sector's not as organized as it should be around standards or taxonomy or lexicon yeah. or some of those other topics. So as we get more organized, as we get more aligned on what what is an ad inside the game versus outside the game versus esports, and how do we make that make sense for a media planner or a creative? Yeah. And how do we make it as simple as possible for them to think about this beautiful environment as simple as they think about video, then then we will win on that side too. But it was it was just, you know, a confluence of those, I think those two big macro topics. Mm. Uh, what's your take, Jonathan? I mean, you'll see 
you'll see users if effectively customers of some of these franchises uh, uh was the behavior that they were just playing more of what they got or they were doing different things i mean, I mean give us some insight into to what's been going on i mean i think i agree with a lot of what carrie said but what i would add on top of that is that you know, on the, on the one hand, I'm, I'm always, I think, as we noted before, slightly amused at this, this concept that like, you know, oh, gaming's, you know, exploding now or what have you. But when you look at industry growth year over year, that trajectory hasn't really stopped. Like, it, it's yeah. just it's just been going on. Now, what I think the, the differentiation is, and, and again, Carrie hit on this a little bit, is that where the focus was, at least from a marketing community. And there's a couple blockers up front. So some of it was, and, and perhaps even a lot of it is misconceptions around the audience and the nicheness of this. And I think mm -hmm. that had a lot to do with the technological platforms that it inhabited, you know, say 10 years ago, whether that was principally PC or console. So not only are you talking about a more specialized audience, but it's also a smaller one. It's hard to reach because there aren't these opportunities, et cetera. So you just kind of keep piling on. Yeah. So what we've instead seen though, is over the past, you know, again, we can earmark this the last decade or five years or what have you, there's, there's different inflection points is that, you know, one, obviously mobile proliferation has happened both with respect to consumer tech, but also not just the predominance of games, but the quality of game experiences, which is super important because we have mobile gaming that has maturated from candidly being not great and not a place that advertisers want to be present in to really amazing AAA experiences that make a lot of sense for brands. So all of a sudden that's getting interesting. And then when you talk about proliferation on mobile, you're also talking about the number of eyeballs. So now that's when the advertising community is going to get that much more interested. That yeah. it's not just a premium environment, but lots of potential consumers to reach that again, break out of that mold of, you know, kids in basements and whatnot. That again, they're valuable. And indeed that this might be the best avenue to reach those cord cutters or cord nevers, mm. but there are different audiences and different opportunities for different channels. And I think just due to the potential, you know, ways in which you can interact with the ecosystem, it can be intimidating from the get-go and, and therefore we're a bit in that stasis where it's like, okay, you know, your, your average marketer knows they know, need to get in the game and yeah, not really yeah, sure yeah. how and where and why, and, you know, is this going to go sideways? And, and, you know, again, I think there's a, a lot of us out there, including, you know, Carrie and myself, that are trying to say, you know, there's, there's a lot of great ways that you can integrate that are high quality, not scary, and, and ultimately going to be a good experience for both the brand and the player. Do you um do, do you come up against because I kind of wonder where where you get um particularly with new platforms if you look at something like TikTok or Snap when it first comes on the scene the your really senior marketers are are at a distance from that because maybe they're not prolific Snapchatters or or TikTokers is there a bit of a barrier where maybe the the people in the agencies the account managers the planners the strategists are are naturally doing this thing or, or, or and maybe the senior clients aren't or is it because you know that's my own bias there and what you've been saying is actually the the, the cmos at the png and unilevers that, that they are doing this stuff they do get it carry yeah i mean funny you brought up snapchat because uh, group m did one of the first ads on snapchat early on for nbc with mm. uh, the movie launch Ouija. so as a side note that i personally sat in the room <laughs> when we were talking about the lack of measurement and what do you, what the content disappears you know almost instantly and wow wrapping your head around that concept was harder than in-game yeah. advertising by far so i think we can solve this problem that was a little harder now i think i think that the big thing is first of all uh no i think every age is gaming mm. that's 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 we we just talked about that point i think that there's certainly people who understand gaming. I think people don't, um, like I said before, I think people are 
a little distracted, rightly so, with the idea that they, you know, need to sort out their video strategy and it's yeah. still not clean. I think the supply chain in general is still a challenge for them. I think the, you know, ID situation uh, is is a challenge. So there's a lot of headwinds just, you know, blowing in a different direction that is that has caused them to not focus as much on this amazing channel. Now, that being said, it's even within COVID, I started at Frameplay in May. The company's very young. Even even in COVID, we always got a meeting. Every agency was leaning in pretty hard, actually. Mm -hmm. They were so interested in talking about this space and learning about this space. We've had incredible conversations um, that I was, even when everybody stopped spending this year, um, they were still leaning in to learn and listen. I think we talked about the fact that measurement is still um, is still in flux in general in the ecosystem. Gaming's yeah. just part of that. Mm-hmm. It's not separate. There are some unique nuances to measurement in these ecosystems that we have to, as an industry, help educate, inspire, clarify. And once we do that, the the excitement is there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The interest is there. Um, and, the, and no one is debating the scale at this point. That's mm-hmm. the good news. No one is debating that. Yeah. Now it's just the how, which is a good problem to solve. Um, I think a lot about that differentiation between the pickup of social media relative to gaming because you know early on i was you know early at facebook and twitter we were having those conversations trying to make those inroads and then you know again gaming's been around for a while but it almost feels like it's kind of at the same point that we're Mm. talking about some of the basics and baseline education and you know was always validating why it should exist and you know again you look at the comparison of newer social platforms like TikTok and Snapchat and what have you. And I think it's just, you know, one, you, you can't discount the power of the junior media buyers in terms of saying, oh, this is cool and this is the hot sure. new thing and we should be getting sure. involved, et cetera, et cetera. And I think a lot of that does, you know, help the 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 tailwinds that can get behind mm-hmm. some of these social platforms when they're when they're originating. And again, by merit of being social by nature, they proliferate quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, right. So that all of a sudden they're they're gonna scale um, you know, to to the level that advertisers want to see. But I think also it's a little bit of that, well, you know, the downside of gaming being around for a while is that gaming's been around for a while. Um, so that same edge of like, oh, it's hot and sexy and new and what have you. We don't got that. They're like, oh, we, no, we already figured out gaming, right? Oh, yeah, that's the nerd. I totally stone. agree. With right. You. Like, oh, yeah. no, 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 really that's it. We, we, we got past that. No, no, no. We, we, we don't have a gaming strategy. We're not looking for gamers. And, yeah. and that, in my mind, is such a, you know, blockage in terms of thinking around mm-hmm. it that one, the concept of gamers and gaming strategies and not being open to, you know, this just being a huge consumer base. And also the fact that in many respects, and again, of course, I'm biased, the technologies and what we're seeing in gaming is just as innovative as yeah. the, the the social sector at this point. Well, let me let me layer on to that, because I think one of the most valuable parts of what social brought was a different mindset. Right. So I think everybody leaned into the platform, but they also leaned into this idea that mindset was different when you were being social. So that was huge. Now, with gaming, there's two kind of three areas where mindset is absolutely different. The first one is when you're playing a game by yourself. This is your time. You're immersed. You get to either solve a puzzle or navigate through a, you know, a a city escape um, or race a car 
car or do whatever you want to do to, you know, spend your time. And you're literally immersed in this. And I always say to people when I talk about them, listen, you're not going to, you know, fold laundry or reply to email or, you know, do multitasking while you're personally playing a game. You are literally focused on that content. No other media can say that. No other media can say, I know for a fact while you're playing this game that you're not doing something else. You can't. You're actively involved. (laughs) So that's a huge part of gaming that I think the mindset part, we have a lot of education to do. And then there's people watching people play games. Um, That's not a new concept. People watch people play baseball and people watch people play football and people watch (laughs) people do a whole bunch of other things. I don't know why people watching people play games is any different. (laughs) And then, um, you know, the third part is social. And this is the big one. Mm. Games are incredibly social. Mary Meeker called this out in her internet trends. Um, It's an exceptional platform for, you know, connecting with people. Our founders of our company met that way, playing PUBG. So, So the mindset here is so deep and so rich and so fun. Um, I think there's so much upside for these media planners to just get in and, you know, get creative in this environment. And, and it's interesting that some of the uh, the big agency groups, D-Game from Dentsu and UK Publicist Play, obviously from Publicist Media. Um, do you feel those guys, and of course, they're not they're not new things. Aegis has had a, uh, uh, certainly had an interest in this for a number of years. Um, are those very timely in the way that they've, they've come about now? Uh, or, or do you think they're late to the game? I, I mean, g- give me your sense, Jonathan, on where uh, agencies are with this and can they be a catalyst to, to help do a bunch of that stuff that, that Carrie was saying in terms of educating their brands? Absolutely. And I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely not that anyone's too late to the game. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're, we're getting to the point that, yes, there have been sponsorship or in-game ad opportunities for quite some time. But um, again, couldn't be more biased, but I think the opportunities now are better than they've ever been. Yeah. Um, so if, if there's any time to to get into gaming, I think it, it, it's now. Um, and then in, with respect to, you know, what the, the potential value they can bring, I mean, it's, it's, it's immense, right? Because I think we're doing a lot of outreach and we're understanding that, you know, how people interact with our platforms is a little bit different than perhaps other types of platforms. And again, Carrie just mentioned the, the concept of mindset and that's super important, mm. right? And how communities are formed and, you know, all of the, all of the, you know, subtleties of, of these types of communities that, you know, again, this isn't rocket science, but something that you want to understand and for better or worse, you know, agencies have a very sophisticated understanding of how people interact with social or television or radio or what have you, but not gaming. So, by merit of forming some of these business units, if that serves as a catalyst to one, legitimize it internally, that's great. But then two, I think more importantly, really start to codify the learnings and get that same sophisticated level of understanding around media behaviors, all the better. And it's gonna be so essential for the success of agencies and brands in gaming. I'd I'd love to ask you both actually, just given given your background, Jonathan, you talked about uh, Twitter and Facebook, Carrie, obviously, uh, agency, uh, amazing role at Group M and then client side with, with Ford Direct. Maybe it's an obvious question, given that you've just 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 told us how amazing it is. But what drew you in? What what drew you into gaming specifically, uh, J- Jonathan? You you've done a couple of years, two 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 and a half years. What what got you there, and not another social platform? 
Yeah, um, so actually just three years. Um, and, you know, the, the first and obvious um, answer is that I'm a super fan. Um, you know, I often say this and, you know, you know, you cut me, I bleed Blizzard Blue. I've been playing these games for years. I almost <laughs> failed out of my undergraduate playing Diablo 2, like the whole nine yards. Um, so, you know, if you, if you talk about that profile of someone who grew up with gaming and yeah. is now a semi-functional professional, like that's me. Um, so one, there was a bit of a passion point. <laughs> Two, it's, it's a lot of what we've been talking about that, you know, again, I'd be sitting at these, you know, hot platforms growing, we're doing interesting work, and it's really cool. But again, as, as a hobbyist, I would look at the industry trends of gaming, I'd be like, you know, you saw the headlines, like, oh, gaming's bigger than the box office. Well, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, it's, oh, it's bigger than the music industry. It's like, no, that's kind of interesting. And the year after that, it's bigger than both combined. And I'm sitting here having these conversations with agencies and brands and whatnot, representing these various platforms. And this just isn't on the radar at all. And I was befuddled at what was going on so it was a little bit of that okay Mm -hmm. like it seems like there's a green field here and and, you know I kind of need to you know get a better understanding of of what's going on here and then you know of course coming in recognizing court it's not truly a green field but there's a lot of opportunity here um, but at the same time also a lot of misconception again as a researcher that's kind of where you know I get to shine and where I get a lot of interest that's like all right well if we have misconception that's solvable because data is going to win arguments um, so I think it's really those those three components yeah. that, that propelled me into it but, and Carrie I mean you would have had the pick uh, you know chief innovation officer given you'd have seen the whole gamut of of everything from connected beds through to through to other wonderful things why gaming for you why did you gravitate towards that yeah, certainly. And I, uh, I did do floor tours in Eureka Park for many amazing. years at CES. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I certainly have seen a lot of technology. So um, the big thing for me is I'm a sucker for um, innovative companies, first of all. That's been my entire career. And when I looked at the idea of being able to easily put advertising inside of a game and have the game not be stopped or disrupted. Um, This to me was, was almost like a double click moment. Um, I had been through the evolution of search and video (laughs) and mobile and development of VPAID and MRAID and social and all of the channels. So definitely all of the advanced innovative stuff at CES, but the real in the trenches work that it takes the entire community working with the IAB, the four A's, everybody to get a channel to grow and flourish. I knew what it took and I knew I had some background and I knew this company and this technology particularly could help these game developers literally uh, enable advertising without disrupting the game. And that, that was there's very few moments in your life you get to join, pun intended, a game-changing um, company with such deep technology, yeah. and and this was it for me. Um, and I authentically knew because of my background, um, you know, the reasons why. So so that was it. And then the other thing is, I grew up with Pong. I have a vintage Pong. I have I played Commodore sixty four. <laughs> uh, my favorite game actually is Wii, and everybody can you know look down on me for that but i love <laughs> we bowling so there i just said it out loud That's i'll legit. do a support don't, group don't later there's no judgment um, on this podcast Gary. i'm terrible at PUBG. every time i play i get shot in the rear uh you know because i clearly can't look around but you know the the thing is is that if you really break it down mm. 
gaming, gaming and games are the most beautiful blend of technology and creative that exists. Mm. That's it. Beyond movies. Movies are beautiful, creative, but they're not technology yet, yeah. although some are using Unreal, you know, and, yeah. and Unity type engines. Mm. But this channel is in a gorgeous blend of technology and creative. And when you get to work in that space that collides with those two topics, I mean, why wouldn't you just jump mm. and do it? I, I, I just want to pick up on that point around uh, around disruption and really getting, I guess, what is effectively that the equivalent of what a user experience is online it, it, it that feels so, so important is there do you think that's a, a barrier maybe for brands getting in but perhaps the creative community as well because you, I guess what you're not always asking for is just give me something that you've resized for billboards and out of home you are asking for something different right Jonathan yeah I mean more or less and I mean you know again one of the questions that I'm often asked is, you know, where do you and how do you integrate with like, you know, some of these franchises that have been around for decades, right? That have a mm. fandom that, you know, they have tattoos, uh, that, that, you know, they've, they've, they got married from someone they met in World of Warcraft or, or what have you. Um, and my answer is always carefully, um, right? It, it, it's very much the case that, you know, you have to be cognizant of, you know, again, what that mindset is, that's very important. And then two, you know, what are the culture, what are the norms of, of that that given community or that given platform, um, and here too, it's not anything that's that's ultra complicated, but it is something that does lend towards that. You know, in the same way that we want to understand user behaviors from other platforms, we want to understand that for gaming. Yeah. So there are going to be platforms and games where advertising or sponsorship opportunities don't make sense, and that's okay because there's just as many with big profiles and lots of years and whatnot where it makes total sense. And again. Mobile gaming, we talk about that a lot. That is one where, again, there's tons of opportunities. Esports is another one because, again, it is more or less molded in the vein of traditional sports. Traditional yeah. sports is more or less supported by sponsorship activities. So the extent to which that you have learnings from that world, you can apply them to esports. So um, I think it's less about you know trying to have a holistic understanding of all behaviors and all gamers as, as a monolith because that's a folly endeavor it's more of understanding the places where it makes sense and how to integrate in a way that won't be disruptive or disrespectful or cut you know impugn on yeah. the the value that individuals are trying to get there i, I love that can you I, and I you sort of think about the web and you think would there ever have been a website that said, do you know what, ads and monetization just isn't really right for us. I don't think we want ads. Thanks very much. I, I, I think that's really, really interesting. Um, I would love to ask you just, just two things while I still have you. One is um, uh, gamers feeling thoughts about ads in the game. Do, do they feel like, you know, there's a bit of a value exchange going on maybe, or, or does it actually enhance what they do? Uh, and then the second thing is, is really thinking about maybe some brands that have surprised you in this space or, uh, uh, or, or ones that maybe have done some unconventional things. Um, Carrie, what about the, the first point on gamers' thoughts on ads? Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously, I I had mentioned this before. Gamer game developers are our most strategic partners. First, um, we both are aligned. We're there to serve the end consumer or the gamer yeah. of the content. So, if if we don't focus on that as the number one priority, nobody wins. So, when we work with game developers, we think about that first. We think mm -hmm. about the experience when they go to put ads inside of the environment. They have to be very thoughtful. They can't basically, you know, shove too many. It has to make it more realistic, etc. And when you're when you're in the game itself as a gamer, we've done um, 
three Comscore studies recently, and the likability, in addition to mobile ad recall and uh, purchase intent, the likability of the sponsorship itself has been double digit wow. point lift in growth wow. because because what we're doing, others can you know talk about their own products and solutions, but what we're doing is working with the game developers to enhance the storytelling with the type of placements that work for them, the creator. Mm. And if you do that, um, you have the best chance, I think, of getting the authenticity right of, of their environment. And it's that's it. It's about the exchange of content um, between the game developer and the gamer. We're lucky enough to enable that with some monetization that helps them, you know, drive revenue. The there there has been some um, interesting comments. We had a fast food. Um, we had a fast food in the research. Uh, put an ad in the game. I won't name who's. You know, it's anyway. Um, and the in the chat, the uh, the people said, "Oh, you know, now I'm in the mood for." And they named the item, which is so funny. So you can see that they're really actually yeah. not only you know responding to the surveys, but they're actually chatting about the ads inside of the game while they're playing. Yeah. One last thing we installed, we installed with a very large um, studios uh, games and um, you know, normally you might see a lot of, you know, feedback in their own channels about negative, negative, you know, this and that, and they've seen none. So we're pretty excited about it. If we keep working to do it right, working collaborative, collaboratively with the game developer, we're not, you know what, we're not going to be a hundred percent, but if we can authentically work towards that goal, I think that's, you know, the right thing to do for the industry. Jonathan, final quick word with you on brands that have surprised you in this space. Um, that maybe you wouldn't have expected. I mean, I think it's less the brands that have surprised me, but the the fact that, you know, the easy ones to kind of wrap your head around are the endemics. Um, and, you know, again, people are thinking about snacks and sodas and whatnot. And sure, they're, they're getting involved, but um, the vast array of other brands that I think are also starting to see the value. And again, not just in, you know, the more kind of standard in-game ad placements, but um, sponsorship opportunities, deeper integrations or what have you. So um, in my mind, it's, it's less of kind of like those bigger PR buzzy kind of activations and yeah. more the kind of recognition that, you know, again, this is legitimate mainstream entertainment and my consumer can be found there and therefore it, it, it behooves me to be integrated in a way that again makes sense is player forward to carrie's point i would even just to double down on what she said if you're working with a platform that does not start with the experience of the player turn around you're you're already in the wrong place um <laughs> that's whole cloth something i'll note and, and again if you can integrate in a way that is meaningful to the player and is meaningful to the game yeah. experience it, it's going to be a win thank you both so much for giving us uh, half an hour of your morning if you listen to this and you don't get this amazingly big opportunity, not inspired to go out and find out more. Um, I don't know what, but thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you. Pleasure. The IAB UK podcast. Jonathan Stringfield from Activision Blizzard and Carrie Tilds from Frameplay there. The point around mindset is such a powerful one, isn't it? Carrie said, you're not going to fold laundry or reply to email while you're personally playing a game. And... She's probably right. Is there another media that could claim that? I'm highly engaged at the cinema, maybe, but not in the same way as I am in Call of Duty or or Candy Crush. Anyway, you could sense their excitement and belief. (laughs) And yes, there may be some work that he's doing on on things like measurement and, and standards, but... 
the excitement is there and that's definitely the way around that you would want it. Uh, be sure to check out the brilliant IBUK Guide to Gaming written by us alongside the members of our dedicated gaming industry group. If this episode has piqued your interest and you're hankering for more, or you want to see where gaming could fit in for your brand, find the link in the show notes. And of course, if you want to listen to more episodes like this one, they're also available on the IB site at ibuk.com forward slash connected or wherever you get your podcasts from. But until next week. Thanks for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.